Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Good evening and good afternoon, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston, and today we are going to be talking about restoration troubleshooting, uh, particularly when it comes to marble, granite, and limestone. Uh, Over the past 30-some years that I've been in this business, now I'm really feeling old. Uh, I've run across a lot of issues, solved a lot of problems, and we're going to be discussing some of those today. Uh, But before we do, a couple of announcements. Uh, First of all, I want to mention that the seminar that I have coming up in January, which is a troubleshooting and inspection seminar in Las Vegas, is a go. Uh, It is filling up pretty quick. I only have a few slots left. So if anybody's interested in attending that that live seminar, then uh, go ahead and and give me a holler here. I'll give out my email in a second. Uh, Also, if you can't attend that, I do have that as well as some other courses available as a correspondence class. So you can contact me uh, for that as well. My email address is fhuston, that's F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. And that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. As I'm going through these uh, particular problems here today, if you have any questions, if you have a problem I haven't mentioned, which you probably do because there's tons of them, um, you know, feel free to give us a call here on the show if you're listening live. The number here is 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. Now, some of these problems I've actually put down into a book. Uh, it's what I call a, a stone and maintenance troubleshooting uh, guide. Uh, it has approximately 350 different uh, problems and of course the answers to those problems. So if you're interested in purchasing that as an e-version, it's an e-version book. Uh, go ahead and contact me as well. All right. So let's get to some of our problems. The first problem I'm going to talk about is I actually got an email uh, from someone the other day that was having a problem with slurry in the grout. Now this is a common problem and it generally occurs when you're polishing, you know, marble, granite, whatever type of stone, and you end up using a polishing powder. And you get that slurry that kind of gets in that grout, especially if you're dealing with a a dark colored grout. You know, how do you get rid of that? Well, there's several things you can do and several tips and tricks, I should say. The first thing you want to do is in your slurry water, in your polishing water, you may want to put a couple of drops of a surfactant in there. And there's such a thing called uh, 
uh, Diamond Lubricant, uh, which if you're interested, I can tell you where to get that. Just send me an email. And uh, what that'll do is it'll help out of there. So cleanup is pretty, pretty easy. Uh, it works really, really well. Uh, the second thing, and, and it gets a little bit more expensive as we go down into the tips here when it comes to removing that slurry, there is a machine out there called a Kyvac, and that's just one brand of many types. But basically what that is, it's a, it's a, wet, it's a wet vac, but it actually has a mild pressure washer attachment done to it. So you can literally just pressure wash that grout out of there. It's, it's not very high pressured. It's probably only several hundred PSI, but it's enough to actually lift that slurry out of the grout. Another thing you can do is if you have a, a grout that's really, really dark, like a dark green grout or a pink grout or whatever, you can actually add concrete dyes there. They're called iron oxide dyes. Those can be added to the actual polishing powder itself, which will kind of, it doesn't totally eliminate the slurry, but it kind of makes it disappear and it kind of blends in if you can match that, that powder to the, color, to the color of the slurry. So that's how you deal with slurry and grout. Uh, another interesting email I got the other day, and this is, you know, we've talked about grinding stones and honing and polishing certain stones, but there's, there's actually several stones out there where that's very difficult to do. And one of those is kind of, kind of a local uh, stone here in Florida. And when I mean local, pretty much the entire state, especially in South Florida, and that's coral stone. Uh, coral stone is very abrasive. You know, and what I mean by abrasive, putting any kind of diamond to try to grind, especially excessive lippage on a coral stone is going to tear the hell up out of your diamonds. It's just going to wear them out really, really quickly. You'll need to be swearing up a storm that your diamonds only lasting, you know, 20, 30 square feet. So my best advice, if you have a stone, a, a coral stone floor that needs to be ground flat, just don't do it. You know, walk away. Now, you can use bricks. There are Frankfurt bricks, and there's you can actually put Frankfurt brick attachments to the bottom of a, of a drive plate. Actually, that's how I started out many, many years ago. So uh, that's a possibility if you really want to tackle it. But again, coral stone as well as some other uh, limestone types are extremely abrasive and will tear the heck up out of your, out of your diamonds. Um, Another tip, and this is a really good tip, and I've had several, I've had to do this several times, but I've had several calls where uh, you guys have to actually go in and polish a travertine wall. And of course, that, that can be real tricky. It can be real sloppy because you're getting powder thrown all over the place. But there is a little trick, and this, this doesn't work on all stone types, but it definitely works on travertine. And, and this could be any travertine. It could be the Roman travertine. It can be the red travertines, the silver travertines. It works really well. And that's a liquid that you can make yourself that we call charged water. And this is how it works. What you want to do is take a gallon of water, and I like to use distilled water or what they call deionized water and add one pound of oxalic acid to that and mix it up. Now, it, it takes a while to dissolve, so you're going to have to stir it and shake it up for a, for a while. Uh, if you use warm water, it'll dissolve a lot quicker. Once you have that solution mixed up, what you want to do is take a small portion of that gallon that you just made up and stick that in a spray bottle and then put either a hog's hair pad or whatever pad you're using on your hand machine and actually spritz the wall with it and then polish that, that particular uh, liquid, if you will, uh, till it goes wet to dry. And if you're not getting quite a polish that you need, you spray a little bit more water and just continue to use it. That works great. And what it, what it does, besides polishing, 
is it eliminates the slurry problem you have, especially if it's an unfilled travertine wall where you would end up getting slurry in there and you'd have to wash that out, which can be very time consuming and sometimes impossible to do. So again, it's called charged water and it's, it's a great, it's a great tip. All right. Our next, and again, of course, if you have other issues you want to call in at, if you're listening live, the number is 323-870-3968. Another tip, and this is something I learned because for some reason, back when I was restoring floors, I ran into a lot of Botticino marble. Now, those of you not familiar with Botticino marble, it, it kind of looks like cream of marfil. It has that beige color tan to it. But when you hone it and you bring it up to a polish, a lot of times what you'll get is large, anywhere from small to large areas of dull spots. You, you really don't get that consistent shine all the way across there. But when you take a brand new piece of Botticino out of the box, it has a continuing shine. So how do we replicate that in the field? Well, Back in the old days, it was pretty easy because we used what is called 5X bricks. And those of you who are familiar with 5X powder know what 5X powder was. But these bricks were actually in a form of a uh, – or 5X in a form of a brick. Now, they're kind of hard to find nowadays. Uh, I don't even know if you can still buy them, as a matter of fact. But there is a way to make a very thin 5X brick. And here's what you need to do. You need to go to the paint store, the Home Depot, the Lowe's, wherever you buy your paint your paint and pick up what is called five pound shellac and it can be the amber color it doesn't have to be you know any particular color but you want to buy five pound shellac now what you want to do is take your 5x powder stick that in a bucket i like using a one gallon bucket add the shellac and stir it until you get a thick consistency kind of you know something that's not too watery but but kind of kind of thick maybe like a creamy peanut butter type consistency then you want to take a hog's hair pad and take that particular mixture that you just made up and paint an X across the pad. Stick that out in the sun, let it dry for a couple of days, and you'll end up with a very, very hard, very thin crust on the, on the surface. So now when you go to polish that bottle, you know, and this will also work on most any other marble, uh, what you want to do then is just put that on the bottom of your machine. Add some water, and it's going to take a minute for it to break in, polish, and it will give you a consistent shine across that Botticino. Now, it also works for travertine, but keep in mind, travertine fillers, if they're Portland cement fillers, are not going to polish as well. So while we're on that subject, let me tell you how you do get the fillers if you have to fill travertine to polish. You can buy Traverfill, but Traverfill doesn't shine very well. You can buy grout, but grout doesn't shine very well. You can try mixing, you know, polyester glues, but you're going to be on that, especially if it's a large area on your floor for a very, very long period of time. Uh, what you can use is epoxy grout. Now, epoxy grout is sold in three parts. There's a part A, there's a part B, and then you have the dry component. Most epoxy grouts will be sanded grout. So obviously you don't want to use that. So basically what I would do is throw away the sanded grout, buy unsanded grout or non-sanded grout, if you will, and use the epoxy grout. You want to trowel it on there very thin. Epoxy sets up pretty quick, but I do like to let it sit for a day or two and then go back and uh, rehone and polish uh, the floor. And uh, that those those epoxy fillers will shine. So that's a quick tip for for doing uh, uh, filling travertine and making those fillers fillers shine, if that's what you want. If not, 
then just go ahead and uh, use the uh, Traverfell or the uh, unsanded grout. Another question I constantly get when it comes to troubleshooting is green marbles. Uh, most of you have trouble getting that nice 10-foot, what I call 10-foot shine on a lot of the very marbles, the green marbles. Um, and quite honestly, some will will give you that nice 10-foot shine, but others will not. You have to remember, there's a lot of green marble out there. You've got the, you know, the 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 Vermont-type uh, marbles. You've got Tino Screen out of Greece. Uh, you've got green marbles from Italy. So you've got a, a bunch of different green marbles out there. Some of them 10-foot shine. The clarity is what I'm looking at. It'll shiny, but they won't have the clarity that you're looking for. So, you know, keep that in mind. And, and the best way to tell is if you're you're doing a floor or vanity top or something, there's going to be some area on there, that, especially up against the wall on the floor in a corner on a vanity top that has the original factory shine on it. You should be able to look at that factory shine and see what you're dealing with and, and should be able to obtain that. So how do you get that shine? And the best way to get that shine on green marble is to treat it like granite. And what I mean by that is to use a granite polishing compound. And there's another little trick I'm going to give you here in a minute for polishing black marble, which will also work. I'm sorry, black granite, which will also work on green marble. So stay tuned here in a minute. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. I got a question the other day from someone that we, we were, they were talking about honing powders. And for those of you unfamiliar with honing powders, these are just basically gritted powders. You know, you can get them in any, any type of grit from very, very rough grit right on up to a super, super fine grit. As a matter of fact, some of your polishing powders, that's all they are. Is there oxalic acid mixed in with a, a grit, a, a very, very fine, generally aluminum, aluminum oxide or in a case of granite, tin oxide. But when do you use honing powders? Honing powders can be used. I like using, well, there's several places they can be used. My, my favorite spot to use honing powders, if someone wants to take a polished floor to a honed floor and you have minor lippage, so you know you get those little things called V edges where they don't want to typically grind the floor all the way down. They don't want to pay for it, in other words. Uh, so what you could do is go in there, hone the floor with ever whatever hone you want, let's say you're going to bring it to a 400 hone and you get those little shiny edges in there. Then you want to take a soft pad, like a white pad and your polishing powders, your honing powders, I'm sorry, equivalent to that, a 400 or an 800 grit honing powder. And you can get into those shiny areas and dull them down. And plus the honing powder kind of gives you a softer type hone than a, than a diamond's will. So uh, I would hone it with the diamonds, of course, go over it with the powder and you'll get a really nice, uh, soft hone on on the uh, on the stone, and that works with just about any of your marbles or, or limestone. So that's where you use your honing powders. The next one, I actually got two of these questions in the same week, which was kind of unusual, and it has to do with removing candle wax from any stone, for that matter. And I'm going to assume here, and giving you this tip, that there is still some wax that's in the stone itself. So. This is what I want you to do. I want you to borrow your wife's, or if you are the wife, borrow your iron, take it out, uh, take some paper towels, place the paper towel over the waxed area where the, where the candle had waxed, and heat the iron up, 
and just press it up against that. In other words, iron a paper towel over the top of the wax. And what that'll do is it'll melt any wax that's any residual wax that's there and then lift it up into the paper towel. And you'll want to do that several times. If you notice you're getting a lot of color in a paper towel, remove that paper towel, place another paper towel down and iron it again. Then what I would do is after you've done that, as I would go ahead and take a either a degreaser, an alkaline stripper, something that's alkaline. If you can't find anything alkaline, ammonia always works. And uh, scrub that area and see if that works. If not, then you're going to have to go to a poultice. And what I would suggest with poulticing would be a 40-volume uh, hydrogen peroxide poultice. And that should do the trick for most of the time uh, with candle waxes. Another question I get, and that is etching adjacent surfaces while you're polishing. And this occurs all the time when you're polishing a marble floor. Let's say you're working in a, you know, a five foot by five foot section or even smaller, and you've done with that section. Now you move to the next section and you end up taking the slurry that the section you're working on and it splatters over into the uh, adjacent side and re-etches what you just polished. Very simple to solve this problem. What you want to do is take a bucket of water and a mop and bucket of water and put some stone soap in there. Stone soap is nothing more than a neutral cleaner uh, that has an oily surfactant to it. Uh, if you're not familiar with what stone soap is, if you go into the grocery store and you've ever seen Murphy's oil soap that's used for wood, that is a stone soap. And yes, you can use Murphy's oil soap if you want to. And basically what you do is when you're finished polishing that area, take some water with that mixed with that stone soap, apply it to that area you're working on just to, uh, not dry, but, you know, very, you know, make it wet. And uh, then you polish that area next to it. And as you move along, obviously, you would uh, clean that up. And that way you'll prevent from re-etching, re-etching, re-etching the surface. All right. Again, the phone number, if you have a question, is 323-870-3968. We're going to take a quick break here, and I'll be back right after this. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains, Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tough Skin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate product. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tough Skin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more. All right, folks, we're back. And also that that Tough Skin Protection might be a great uh, service to add uh, to your customers that have, you know, we're seeing a lot of these marble marble vanity tops, marble uh, islands that are being used that are just etching to hell in a handbasket. So uh, a product like that is really good and, and uh, it works really, really well. So you may want to consider looking into that. Give them a call. All right. The next issue that we have is orange peeling. And uh, I get this question almost on a weekly basis from contractors that call and say, Fred, I've honed this marble floor and you know, I, I, I'm polishing it and I'm getting these orange peel. Well, well, for those of you unfamiliar with orange peel is it's kind of a rippled appearance you get after a polish. In other words, you get a kind of a, a, a 
a, 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 what what do I want to call it? It it, just, it, it looks like a, the rind of an orange. It has dimples in it if it's really really bad. If it's just a mild, you get this distortion in the shine. In other words, if you held a light bulb up to the stone, you don't quite get the clarity that you have. It just looks like uh, it looks muted or or distorted, if you will. Uh, that's orange peel. And what orange peel usually comes from is too using too much of an acid powder. You're either using an, a powder that's very, very strong, has a high acid content. That's what we call a hot powder. And uh, or you're using too much of that powder. So once you orange peel that surface, you can't repolish it. You have to hone it first. And generally what I would do is go back to whatever you honed it with last, 400, 800 or whatever, rehone it real quick and then go ahead and polish it. But the next time you polish it, either use less powder or use a, a, a colder a colder powder, a powder with less oxalic acid in there. All right. Uh, while we're talking about that, let's talk about, and this is uh, the diamond people that manufacture diamonds are going to hate me for this. And I'm sorry, guys, but in most cases, and maybe I shouldn't say most, but maybe I should say in a lot of cases, I don't know what the difference is between most and a lot, but in, in a lot of cases, I've done this with black marble, white Carraras, uh, even greens, is when I go in and I hone a floor, whether I'm grinding it or honing it, I'll stop at 400 and polish from a 400. And most of you say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, Fred, you can't do that. You have to go through the entire diamond sequence all the way to 85 quadrillion. And, uh, you know, otherwise you're not going to get a decent polish. Not true. Uh, back when I was doing my restoration training, we would take, you know, Negro Marquina, black floor. Everybody has trouble getting the color back in a stop at a 400 diamond and bingo, polish it with our, in this case, we would use 5X powder, or you could use, you know, the MB products as well, or some of the others that are out there. They will all work. Uh, you just got to learn how to work powders. And if you don't, I would suggest getting training, you know, contact people at the Stone and Tile School and go through their, their training program as well. Also, you can skip the 220 grit. Now, let's take an example. Let's say you're going in and you're grinding a floor flat. Let's say you grind it flat with a 60 or whatever. And then you go to your 120. A lot of guys will go 120, 220, 400. You don't need to do the 220. As a matter of fact, the 120 and the 220 are so close in grit size, it's almost unnoticeable. So I would just either use your 220s up or your 120s, and there's no need to do that extra step. So in essence, you can grind and polish a marble floor, most marble floors, in four steps. 60, 120, 400, polish. Four steps, and you're done. Um Others argue, well, you know, Fred, that doesn't, that doesn't, uh, the reason that doesn't work so well, yeah, you can get a good shine on there, but the polish won't last. It, bullshit. It will last. Uh, I've done it a million times and it will last. So if that's something that you're unfamiliar with, practice with it, put a demo floor in your shop and you'll see it's very easy to do. Okay, this next question is, is something that won't make a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, when I, I first discovered this, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. And then I applied some science to it. And I'm going to tell you how. Let's say you have six diamonds on the bottom of your machine. And it's just not cutting as fast as you want. So how do you get that particular grit size, whatever grit size you're using at the time, to grind faster or grind better. 
what you do is you take the six diamonds off your pad and you only use three. Now, wait a minute, Fred. That doesn't make no sense. You're, you're using less diamonds. Yeah, let me explain why that works and why that will grind or no, hone faster. And the best way to demonstrate this is to think of a chair with four legs. And let's say each one of those legs individually is one square inch. Okay, so we got a chair with four legs, one square inch, which means we have four square inches sitting on the floor. Now, I sit on that chair or I stand on that chair and I'm, say, 200 pounds. So how much pounds per square inch is going on that those legs? Well, it's very simple to figure out. You take 200 pounds, you divide it by four, and you get 50 pounds per square inch, right? Okay. Now, what if we were able to balance on only two of those legs? We've now, we've now gone from 50 pounds per square inch to 100 pounds per square inch. So in essence, what you're doing is you're adding weight to your machine without adding weight, if that makes sense. So if you run into that problem, and you'll run into this problem more so with granite and some really hard marbles, try using less diamonds. You know, don't be afraid to experiment and try using three diamonds instead of four or five or six, whatever uh, you're using. That's, that's a, a tip that works almost every time. A lot of you will call and say, Fred, I have a floor that uh, it's just not cutting. I just need to hone it. I'm, I'm starting with a 400 and the diamonds just aren't cutting. And my first question would be, are the diamonds brand new? And nine times out of 10, you'll say, yeah, they're brand new. A lot of times you need to break those diamonds in. And the best way to break those diamonds in is to just uh, run them across a, a rough piece of concrete or a concrete block, put them on your hand machine or whatever, and just run them for a few seconds. And that kind of opens them up. Because you remember a lot of these diamonds, your resin bond diamonds anyway, uh, have resin on them and they, they may have a light coating of resin. So they take a minute to actually open up or some of them can be take a really long time to open up. So running them across something rough you know, like a backside of a piece of a granite or, you know, a concrete block or some, or a concrete floor will help open, open them up. Another question I get is, Fred, what is the best pad to use for polishing? And I happen to be a fan of the hog's hair pad. And the reason the hog's hair pad, I think works effectively and it causes less orange peeling, polishes much quicker because it does have some abrasiveness to it. Not obviously not too abrasive. It's not going to scratch a scratch a stone floor, especially a marble floor, but they tend to polish a lot quicker. They they generate a little bit more heat. And if you know anything about the polishing process, that's where your your heat comes into play. And I'm I'm not if you want to learn more about that, attend my class. We'll go into detail on how that actually how that actually works. So a hog's hair pad. Uh, again, let me give the phone number out here if you're listening live, 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. So let's move on down the road here. Uh, what are screens used for? Uh, I've, I've heard recommendations for screens or some of the uh, comments or questions I get. You know, what are they used for? What are they? You know, what is a screen? Uh, you guys that refinish wood floors know what a screen is because this is it's basically an abrasive pad and an abrasive looks like a window screen that's a has an abrasive attached to it. So you can get these in almost any grit that you can imagine. And where screens for stonework come really into play is if you ever in a situation where you have to hone a floor dry. Okay, so your next question might be Fred, okay. Where would I hone a drawer, a floor dry? Why would I need to do that? 
There are some limestones that are very sensitive to water. And what happens is that you'll go in, let's say you hone this particular limestone floor, you polish it, you walk away, everything looks great. And a day or two later, you get a call back from the customer that it's starting to turn brown. In other words, it starts to rust. Some of these limestones have a high contract, uh, concentration of iron in them. To reduce the amount of water, especially if you're going to have a floor that's going to be honed, screens work great. Just throw a screen on the bottom of your machine uh, attached to a pad and uh, just, you know, you go through them pretty quick. They're going to wear out pretty quick, but they do a great job in honing a floor dry. So that's uh, something to keep in mind. And uh, screens can be bought just about anywhere, actually. You can even buy them locally at some of the uh, rental places that rent machines. They all actually sell them for, for wood, wood flooring. All right. I'm going to get to my tip here on bringing back the color into black, polishing it. Now, it, this is a little tricky. And what I mean by tricky, I, I should say, it shouldn't say tricky. I should probably say a little confusing because... I'm going to recommend crystallization. And those of you that know me say, oh, wait a minute, Fred, I thought you were anti-crystallizer. I am. But in this case, crystallization doesn't work, but it works. <laughs> Let me explain what I mean. Without getting into the whole lecture of what crystallization is, in order for the recrystallization process to work, the stone has to have calcium. So we can crystallize marble. We can crystallize limestone. You can't crystallize granite because guess what? It has no calcium, but you can crystallize it. And what I, what I should say, let me rephrase that. You can crystallize marble and granite. You can't crystallize, I mean, marble and limestone, excuse me. You can't crystallize granite, but you can use crystallization fluid. And here's the trick. You want to take your black powder, your black granite powder, which is basically black. And instead of using water, you want to use your crystallization fluid. Uh, so basically what I like doing is taking a, a, a single ot or a double ot steel wool pad, putting on the bottom of my machine, adding some powder, spraying some crystallization fluid on there and working it from wet to dry. And you will be amazed how that will pop the color back into a black granite floor. So give it a try, experiment with it. And I think you'll find that it'll work really, really, really well. Now, I think I did, I don't know if I did a whole show on this or whether I wrote an article. I know I wrote an article on this, whether I did a show on this, and that is uh, polishing difficult marbles. Let's say you have a marble, and this is actually work on granites as well and limestones as well as other stones. And you're having difficulty achieving and popping that shine. You can try this trick. Try going wet to dry. So in other words, take your powder, start out with a little bit of water, Mix it into a slurry and just continue to move that machine until it goes completely dry. There are some stones that react really well to that type of polishing where if you went continually wet, it's real difficult to get that shine. But if you go wet to dry, uh, that, that'll help. That'll help considerably. All right. We're going to take another quick break here. And when we come back, uh, I'll continue on with some more tips. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, NB Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net. 
Alrighty, folks. Uh, another problem that uh, I run into all the time, or I don't run into it personally, but I get calls on it all the time, and that is someone that's left an impregnator on the surface. And more so with a lot of these water-based impregnators, what they'll have a tendency to do, depending on the brand, depending on the type, is they tend to leave a, a film that looks like, if you look at it from a distance, it looks like a rainbow on, on the surface of the film. It, it, it leaves that kind of rainbow looking type type film uh, and you could try every chemical in the world to remove it sometimes you can apply more impregnator and it, it, it will remove it sometimes but the best way to remove it is to use a polishing powder just use your your typical 5x and it doesn't matter whether the floor is polished or not and just run that powder across there and it'll take it right off so a very very quick little trick as a matter of fact i used that trick long long time ago i discovered it with a uh, actual tile floor, a porcelain tile floor that someone had sealed the grout with an impregnator and left it on the surface of the porcelain. And the contractor that called me said, man, we tried everything. We tried acetone, we tried strippers, nothing will get it off. And I went in there with some polishing powder and took it right off in a matter of minutes. Um, here's a question I get quite often as well. And that is Thassos white, you know, that white Greek marble turning yellow after polishing. When I get those calls, the first thing I ask is, did you crystallize it? And 99% of the time, they say, yeah, we crystallized it. Uh, it came back a day or two, a week later, and the customer's complaining the floor is turning yellow. It's because crystallization fluid uses steel wool. Steel wool has iron in it. It reacts with the moisture in the stone, and it will it'll actually oxidize, and you end up with rust. It's a very easy fix. Well, easy in that it's time consuming. You got to rehone it and repolish it. But uh, a, a lot of people will use crystallization on Thassos marble. As a matter of fact, now I'm seeing or have seen on some of the crystallization fluids where they warn on the actual label not to use uh, crystallization fluids on, on Thassos white marble. So that's our next tip. Um, Another question I get, this one comes with uh, stain removal, and I've actually done several shows on, on stain removal, so I'm not going to get into you know, how to apply a poultice and all that stuff. But one of the questions I get is, should I hone a surface first before I apply a poultice? Um, it's not necessary in a lot of cases, but it will help because what honing does, it takes the polish off and opens it, opens it up. So uh, the question to that, the answer to that is obviously, yeah, if, if you know, if you have that luxury, if you're going to repolish it anyway, I would hone it. You know, open it up to a 120 or a 400, apply your poultice. You'll find that the poultice works a lot, a lot better. Uh, I recently wrote an article on this topic, and I'm going to tell you real quick how to do this, and that is removing urine smell. Not the stain, but the smell. And very simple, go to your janitorial supply house, go to your pet shop, pet shop and buy what they call an enzyme uh, your carpet guys use it all the time. In, in carpet, um, you just basically pour that on the on the area that smells, let it sit. What happens is the enzymes start breaking down and attacking the bacteria, which causes uh, the urine smell. And you may have to do that a couple times, but it should take the urine smell rate out of the stone. Uh, while we're on, on poulticing, I did get an email today from someone wanting to know how to remove oil out of asphalt. And the answer is simple. You use the same thing to remove oil, the same thing you would remove oil out of concrete or a stone, and that is a poultice. 
You want to use a poultice with a with a good degreaser in there. Um, you know, if you don't know how to apply a poultice, I'd recommend that you go to my YouTube channel. Just you know, search the stone and tile video blog, and I have a whole uh, video that I did on there showing you step by step of how to uh, how to mix and apply a poultice. So I don't want to take the time to do it. And actual the visual is is more it's easier to see it being done than it is to talk about it. So that's how you remove. Uh, oil and, and asphalt. All right, I'm winding down here on some of the questions. Uh, so if you want to get your question answered now on the air, I would highly recommend you call in now, 323-870-3968. Otherwise, I'm just going to continue on. Uh, what PSI to use to clean travertine holes? Uh, if you're going to pressure wash the, the travertine holes, which can happen, especially outdoors, you want to be careful using a pressure washer. So what I like doing is I like buying those little cheapy, you know, small pressure washers, little electric pressure washers that you buy at Harbor Freight or Home Depot. They're, you know, under a couple hundred bucks. And, you know, they don't go beyond, I think, a thousand PSI. But my recommended pressure would be anywhere between 300 and 500 uh, PSI. All right, I'm going to give you another tip here, and actually it's my last tip unless you call in with a question here. Uh, nothing to do with stone or tile, but glass, and not glass tile. And that is, and this is a service that you can add when you're restoring shower walls, and that is a lot of times if you're restoring a shower wall because it's got soap scum on it or it's got calcium buildup or it's just cloudy for whatever reason, the shower door, the glass shower door, is going to have that same film on there. The best way to clean that up is polishing powders. Just use your typical acid-based polishing powders on your hand machine, and you will clean that glass right up. All right, folks, I guess that's going to do it for today. Hopefully, I've given you some great tips here. As I said, I've got over 350 tips in this uh, ebook version that I've, I've, I've written. So uh, if you want to purchase that e-version, give me a call. At uh, I'm getting this is a different number than a call in number. Give me my cell phone number is 321-514-6845. That's 321-514-6845. Again, if you want to sign up for our class coming up in Las Vegas in January, hopefully the pandemic will be under control by then. Uh, uh, give me a call. I'm, I'm keeping the class a lot smaller than I usually do because of the pandemic, but. As far as I'm concerned, it is a go. I've got my reservations already. So uh, if you want to attend, give me a call, 321-514-6845, or send me an email, fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com. All right, folks, until next week, I want to thank everybody for listening. Until next time, keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, and fabricating those tops. Later, my friends. Are you tired of lugging dozens of stain removal chemicals around to remove stains from stone, tile, or concrete? Did you know you only need three chemicals to remove almost any stain? From organic stains to inorganic stains, Dr. Fred's Ultimate Stain Removal Kit is all you need. The kit contains three reagents and includes a detailed ebook on how to remove almost any stain. So if you're trying to remove difficult ink or rust or simply coffee and other food stains, this kit is all you need. To order, contact Dr. Fred at 321-514-6845. One kit is $69.95 plus shipping.